how these randoms keep getting jobs. Don't worry about it. I'm going to say, I can't wait to say it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Not Bland Show. I am your host, Dujanae Bland, and today we have a great show. We have some more pro stock motorcycle that we're going to talk about. We're going to get into pro stock, and we're going to cap this thing off with some uh, AFC-NFC championship game review, and I'll give my picks for the Super Bowl. As always, make sure you guys are subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, Make sure you're hitting the bell so you know exactly when we're going to go live And of course, if you can't watch this show, you can also listen to it on all podcasting, you know, platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcast. uh, I think there's Deezer, everything, any place you can find it, you can listen to it there. There's always an audio version put up the next day. Well, without further ado, this guest that I'm bringing in is family and likely as a media person, we don't root, but for this one, I root. She is from my neck of the woods, the DMV, Charles County. It's my very good friend and pro stock motorcycle rider, Kelly Klotz. How's it going? Hey, hey, it's going good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Loving this show so far and um, loving the off season. So much cool stuff going on. Uh, for you, what's new over there for you coming into 2024? Uh, well, well, unfortunately, um, a new motorcycle, <laughs> um, you know, since Pomona or whatever. So Vance and Hines is working on um, rebuilding our bike, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be better than it was before. And it was pretty awesome then. So that's something exciting to look forward to. Yeah, it, it, I guess the, the bike took a pretty hard hit uh yeah there Ugh. yeah so they um they they did a whole new chassis and then they were able to fix some of the bodywork but you know we just put that um carbon fiber gen 3 hibusa bodywork on it so uh, what they couldn't fix then they you know put new on there so um it sucks but hey it's part of the deal and i'm just happy to have them behind us in our corner to to bring out something better and like i said it was pretty awesome so yeah um i talked to eddie i believe it was last wednesday and uh, he talked about all the work uh, that he's putting in and also helping others um how are you doing uh, after the spill you feeling better recovered quite well yeah um i'm i'm good i'm ready to go um i'm 100 percent. thankfully uh it was more precautionary for, you know, to go to the hospital or whatever. They didn't want me to, to not take me there because of how fast I was going. Yeah. Um, but 
I, I mean, other than my hand was bruised pretty bad and my knuckle got sliced open and then I just had bruises. But other than that, I was pretty good. Man, so, that's a testament to yeah. the safety equipment that you guys have. Um, it looked worse than it actually was, which that is always good. Um, any is it the same thing that Angie went through with kind of the the break kind of catching and locking up? I, I think it was just, yeah, just the nature of the beast. Like, you know, you come come down the track, you get through the finish line, shut off the throttle, and then, you know, you let it. I decel, especially at Pomona, because it's so short, right. but it's bumpy. So I guess at the time that I went to grab the brake, um, it probably, you know, unloaded the front wheel, and then I grabbed brake, and then it locked it up. So when it came down, it just, I mean, it happened so fast, and... I mean, it sucks, but yeah. it's, you know, something can happen at any time. So I don't right. really think about it like that. Um, yeah. Just happy we have the people behind us that we do and we can just keep keep moving forward. Yeah. I mean, you guys had a really solid season. I mean, the bike was a 680 bike for majority of the season. Then we get to the last half of the season. And uh, I, I don't know what Chris did, but that was like a, uh, Thanos tune up, it comes out and <laughs> runs that 670, lights the scoreboard up, you go 200. Um, that has to make you feel good. Like I said, every season you guys been out there, there has been progress made, and there were some huge steps made uh, last season. Right. Like, I mean, it's unfortunate because, you know, we came out strong and solid at running 80s, like you said, and I was pretty consistent and just comfortable. And then we changed the body work and um, and then to pop off that 70 in Dallas and, you know, and then we went, um, a couple more seventies in Dallas and then in Pomona, uh, in, um, Vegas, we had changed, changed some things and it didn't work for us, but, um, in Pomona, we went a 75 and then, you know, we went a 77. So it's, uh, it, it, it it's pretty awesome. It just shows that if you keep keep with something and you keep working at it, that you know you can get there. And then we, like I said, we have the right people behind us. Vance and Hines. I mean, Andrew and Eddie. They pretty much tune the bike. So Chris does all the mechanic work, and yeah. we talk through everything. And um, they they've given us a, a bad hot rod. So and and it it gives me the confidence, just you know, with the support that we have behind us that. I can just go out there and do my job and, and I know it's going to be fast. And that, that's a whole different mindset right there. Yeah. <laughs> when you know you have a fast motorcycle. Right. It's just <laughs> left up to you. Yep. Yep. No. And I mean, it, I, I just felt pretty good with, you know, my skill set. And like I, I told Chris, I said, you know, this year it's 2024, all gas, no brakes is my motto. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love all it. gas, no brakes. <laughs> And he was you talking know. about how important it was for the 60 foot time. Mm -hmm. And um, what exactly have you been doing? Because you can tell that you're way more comfortable on this bike leaving um, and, and, you know, going through as far as on the back end of the racetrack. Uh, what is it that you've been kind of focusing on to kind of help you continue to be consistent so you can keep that 60 foot time low? So I think one of my problems is just moving around a lot. Um, like, you know, we can talk since we're Vance and Honey, we'll talk gauge, like gauge leaves with the bike. 
Um, and I think when I pop the clutch, I've been moving around a lot. So I've been trying to focus on like body positioning and just finding the sweet spot for where I need to be. And I lost, you know, probably, I guess like 20 pounds last year. Um, so I went in 20 pounds lighter and that's another thing people don't think about. So when I first started racing, my bike was 600 pounds. That was with the, um, two valve. Well, now it's 640. And that's with the four valve, but I'm also 20 pounds lighter. Yeah. So there's 60 additional pounds on the front of that motorcycle. Right. Um. So, you know, I don't know if that, I look, I grabbed too much front brake. It is what it is. Um. I don't, <laughs> we got a fast motorcycle though with 60 extra pounds. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing the difference uh, that makes. Um. You know, the moving around, is that just kind of a thing? Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's just something that you're used to doing and it's kind of a thing that you kind of work yourself out of a little bit. I think it's more so just leaving with the bike and not like anticipating or like you just leave smoothly with the bike, like use your abs, you know? And I think I'm 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 aggressive, like I am on it. Um, everything I do is like hardcore. Um, so it's just, you know, Andrew's always like, Kelly, just pretend you're sitting on the couch, petting your cat. You just let the clutch go. Like you don't need to go with the bike just, you know, and it's, it's just getting that concept brain to hand coordination. <laughs> As you can see, she's always focused, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Always yeah. focused. <laughs> <laughs> Tunnel vision on everything we do. I mean, we've been doing this for since um, 2001, uh, 2002 is when I started racing and I love it. And I know that I, you know, I've just got tunnel vision on it. It it hasn't been an easy journey, but it's been worth it every step. And just to see the progress that we're making. And then, you know, to, this year to have the success that we did. And um, I'm really confident that 2024 is just going to be better and last right. year was pretty awesome. I don't even count Pomona at what ha- like it is what it is. I'm gonna get back on it and come out strong. So I'm excited right. for that. Now, how is your previous because most people don't know that you raced in uh motorcycles before? How has that particular racing helped you in on this particular bike here? You know, um it's totally different. Um, I, maybe if I would have started on a bike that was set up like pro stock, it would have been easier for me. Yeah. Um, but I had a no bar slick and slatter Hayabusa before I came over to pro stock. So, uh, my front brake used to be my left hand and my back brake was my right hand. And now my oh. clutch, you know, everything is like totally different. Yeah. Um, and it was a small tire. It was, um, 72 inch wheelbase no wheelie bars. Um, every, it was a slider. So it was automatic, you know, I would just roll on the throttle. Um, but it just, it was, and it didn't matter perfection and pro stock. You strive for perfection. You perfect everything you do. You, you know, and I had auto shift, so I had to get used to shifting fast, you know, like, I mean, 670, you're like on it, you know, and it's like, you, you strive for that perfection. And, um, there's always something to work on where bracket racing, you just put a number on the bike and it doesn't matter how pretty you look going down the racetrack. You could have one arm off, you know, <laughs> one, one out here, as long as you run the number, you're good. Um, 
Yeah, no, it, I mean, I think it helped me because like growing up, I didn't have like athletic ability. I was pretty smart in school, but um, it just gave me that drive to want to compete and just want, you know, want to be better at something. And, it, and it's been a like a something exciting to work for. It's my yeah. passion and it fuels me every day to just be excited. And I think everybody in life needs to find whatever it is that lights them up like racing lights me up. I agree. Um, and, you know, you get to do this uh, with your husband and most people uh, don't have an opportunity to do that with family. And, uh, you know, tell us how important that support system, you know, having Chris there, uh, you know, to support you when, you know, things may not go well um, or and when <laughs> things do go well. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's no better feeling, I think, just in um our dynamic because like everything we've done, like we treat pro stock, it's a business. Like, yes. you know, we take away from what our careers and what we do here at home to go race. So, you know, we keep it as it's a business, but like we, we work hand in hand together and no, it's not always easy because it is my husband and we're on the road sometimes like the Western swing for a whole month and we're in a little confined space, but like he knows me the best out of everybody. And he knows, um, like I know 1000% he's got my back and, and going in like, and him being my mechanic and how meticulous we are about everything. And it's like, it's all in the details. And, and right. that's how, you know, we just, his strengths are my weaknesses. My strengths are his weaknesses. So like our team is solid because we know our role. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if, if there's something that I, you know, have a question about or whatever, he knows I'm going to ask him, you know, we, we just communicate. That's, that's big too. And, and I think a lot of times when you get too many hands involved in what you're doing, it it's harder to, to just have that mesh, you know, like we both have a checklist and we know what needs to be done and we make it happen. So, I mean, we have a, a really good relationship and we've been that way for so long it's um we got together in 2001 so it'll be 23 years um and uh we just we we know we know how it works hey i just celebrated a 23 year anniversary too this month well happy anniversary we're in um april oh okay so, yep, cool yep it'll be yep. 23 in april which is yeah. crazy because we're like how does the time even go by that quick wow i, I know we <laughs> We are uh, we are high school sweethearts, and that's awesome. Time has flown by. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's wild how fast it goes. You know, yep. it seems like I was just twenty. I was just eighteen and just getting married. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and it's like, how has it been twenty some years? Yeah, yeah. It, I was I thinking about the fact that the first time that I linked up with you at Gainesville. And it seems just like yesterday, but it's not yesterday. <laughs> no, it was 2018, I believe. Yeah. I think it was 2018. And, um, Absolutely yeah. insane. Which is, it, yeah, it's six years ago already, you know? And it's yeah. like, how does that even happen? Man, time. <laughs> and, you know, that's <laughs> another no thing. One. Like, people, you know, we we when we got in pro stock, we signed up for this. We knew if we were going to get in this, we were committed and that success wasn't going to happen overnight. 
pro stock is the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. And that's every part of it. It's not just the riding part. Like it's the hardest motorcycle I've ever rode, but it's also, you know, the, the fan base side, the, you know, the relationships you're building, the sponsors that you're, you know, looking for and, um, the right fit for your team, because, you know, you don't just have anybody sponsor you, you know, you pick the right, at least I don't, I pick the people that are my people and that'll fight tooth and nail for me. And, um, it's just, it's a whole thing. (laughs) It's a whole thing with it, but it's Uh, awesome. I think where we come from helps with that too. Um, I, you know, Charles County has a thing of, uh, you know, I've always thought of it when we grew up that it was a, a handshake meant something Yeah. and we come from that era. So it's not just chasing money to, so that I can race, but I also mm-hmm. want to make sure that these people uh, had the same belief system that I do. Yep. And that when we shake hands, that it means something. So yep. No, I I totally totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, like core values, like you have to be on the same page. Um, Just, you know, you're ride or die. I'm all about ride or die. You're my ride. Like if I'm on your side, I will fight tooth and nail. But if me and you ain't cool, like you might want to just steer clear of Kelly (laughs) Klontz. Briar says, any new goals or expectations for this season? You know, um, I just, my main goal is to qualify in the top half. I think 2023 really gave me the confidence in my skill set because the numbers and the skills aligned. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's easy to, it's a mental game with pro stock. And like I said, you strive for perfection, but I've always known that I've had the right people behind me. And this year, the skills with the the program and everything just meshed. And um, I nothing comes easy with me. I have to take two steps forward and then two steps back. But I'm going to take like three steps forward now, you know, going into Gainesville. But um, just qualifying in the top half, I really know that, you know, I have the best of the best. Um, like, you know, Gage, Eddie, and I qualified one, two, and three in Dallas. That was freaking awesome. Yeah, that was. Um, I want to keep that momentum. Um, and then also, like, I want to hoist a Wally. And I know, you know, I haven't won a ton of ra- rounds and this and that, but I don't have a whole lot of luck on my side. So I got to get my <laughs> skills fine-tuned, you know, for me to to keep it moving. But I just, I believe that. Like even my reaction times, like everything just like at the end of the season was what I knew it could be. But it finally, all the pieces came together and 2024, all gas, no brakes. We're going to hit those goals and I am going to hoist a Wally. That is you my will. main goal. Um, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and everybody's going to know about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The top interview, top end interview is going to be electrifying. Yeah, like I visualize those things. Like that's the thing. I'm, I'm a, I like I visualize everything. I can see it. I can feel it. I can taste it. I can, like, I, can, I can. It's there. It's just a matter of continuing with what we're doing because we're on the right path and we have the right people. Absolutely, and uh, the it's coming. It's oh coming. yeah. <laughs> I'm a firm believer. <laughs> now, could you tell the fans what Steamfitters Local 602 is? 
So my husband is part of the heat and air conditioning union um, out of Washington, D.C. They're um, based in Maryland, but they work um, D.C., Maryland, Virginia is their jurisdiction. Um, he's been part of that since 1995, right when he graduated high school. And they have been the biggest support system for us, um, you know, just as a wife of a steam fitter, you know, union benefits, health insurance, retirement, like, and I always try to recruit people into construction. I grew up, my dad was a union electrician. Um, I worked for a union electrical company, like construction needs people. It's a, it's a career that you're always going to have the need for. And if you get in and you do your job, like you're basically set for life, like you have all the benefits you need. You make a solid salary. You know, you can you can pretty and that's pretty much with anything. Right. If you put the work in, you can reap the rewards, but you have to be willing to put the work in and um, big time advocate for construction, especially women in construction. I need to recruit more women into it. But um, I'm, you know, been working as an electrical estimator since um, 2001. So everything I've done is Chris and I got together in 2001. I started estimating in 2001 and I started racing in 2002. And all three of those things I still do today. So it just shows that, you know, if you put the work in, you can have anything you want. So they've been a big support system. They do it because we're members and, you know, they want to support their members. They're great. Um, So I'm just proud to be a part of it. And we get a lot of of love from different unions and, you know, different construction company, you know, throughout the United States. They always come up to us because they see the the big logo on the trailer and they yeah. know what it is and they're excited to talk about it and it's it's pretty awesome so it's it's definitely a love i feel like i feel the yeah. love like i tell you ride or die <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome yeah. now what is your testing schedule looking like uh well considering that we're still rebuilding and we'll probably test before gainesville they normally have a test session i don't yeah. know the details like i look at it like this I know Vance and Hines is going to give me a bad motor scooter. I know I got the skills to do it. And I'm going to show up to Gainesville. (laughs) I don't know. Um, It's hard because we work for a living, but they're also rebuilding our stuff. And we wouldn't go test without them because, you know, they tune the bike and stuff. So we're pretty much probably testing um, the test prior to Gainesville. That'll work. Yeah. I know that 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 bike is going to be ready to go. <laughs> um, they're building some really strong bullets over there. Oh Yours yeah, is one of them. Uh, so I don't expect anything less. That's for sure. Um, tell everybody where they can follow you at and uh, keep up with you as we kind of creep right into the 2024 Mission Foods yeah. Drag Racing Series. Yeah. Um, so Facebook, we do um, Kelly Klontz Racing. It's C-L-O-N-T-Z. Um, Instagram is Kelly.Klontz. Um, I think we're on, we're on Twitter. I'm terrible at Twitter. It's, uh, I think it's <laughs> K-L Klontz or something. I don't know. I think so. I can't, I can't get on. I can't do the Twitter. I imagine. <laughs> I don't know. Facebook and Instagram are my thing. Um, we do have a website, KellyKlontz.com. We do sell swag and stuff on there. Um, yeah, we're, we're here though. I'm excited. I'm yeah. fired up. I'm, I'm happy that you, uh, got me to join you for this podcast. And I actually did it inside with, cause my cats are here. Cause you said they're my babies. They're so. your babies. Hold on. This is Lenny. Hey. <laughs> Cuteness. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I love my babies. Yes. 
they travel with you on the road, don't they? No, I I cannot take a cab. I would be scared to death. Like if I opened the door right. and they ran, because you know That's you true. freak out a cat. You ain't catching that cat. No, that joke yeah. is fast. No, so they <laughs> they are they are home. They are resting and waiting for mom to get home. So. Uh. Um, yeah, that we, we travel, we worry about racing and then we come home to all my babies. Yeah, <laughs> that's all good. That's all good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. This will not be the last time, uh, we'll work it out during the season. Uh, this show will likely move to Tuesdays, uh, in March, just because people travel on Wednesdays before races. Oh, but, so yeah, it'll be yeah, very yeah. difficult. Yeah, so, and the closer ones, we might not leave till Wednesday. But, yeah, no, you're yeah. right. I didn't even think about that. Yep. So we'll move uh, in March sometime. So, But this is the first time, but not the last time. And please uh, give Chris my regards. Definitely. Thank you so much. You know I love chatting with you, and I appreciate all your love and support for the homegirl. Just wait till she hoists the Wally because it's going to happen. Oh, I'm probably <laughs> going to be screaming like a girl in here. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> all right kelly you have a good night awesome you too thank you so much thank you ladies and gentlemen kelly clonts and there's going to be some big things for that team they've progressed every year uh they had a really good finish to the year and uh, like i said vance and hines building bikes that are just killer um and like i said I, I told eddie last week i don't know what they're trying to do but it seems like they're trying to assemble the avengers <laughs> with all that power over there well we're gonna get into some pro stock and let me tell you this guy right here he's lethal he's lethal he's i'm gonna say i was on the dallas glenn bandwagon before everybody else knew okay so let's be clear uh this guy finished sixth last season uh but I'm sure he's going to come back with a vengeance. It's my guy, Dallas Glenn. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, I tell you, last season, the car was on fire. Then the countdown happened. But I'm going to tell you, when you look at it, I don't think it was you. I think it was something mechanical that was going on. What Am I hitting somewhere close to that? Honestly, like, I don't like, you know, when we go back and look at some of the numbers, you know, once the countdown started, I didn't really slow down. Everybody else just all of a sudden got faster (laughs) and I didn't. So, uh, yeah, I went from like qualifying, you know, third, fourth, fifth to ninth, tenth and ninth in the first three races of the countdown. So, you know, we uh, it definitely put us back a little bit. But, you know, we uh, we, you know, we still fought to two final rounds in the countdown, which is pretty good, you know, considering what. We went from having kind of like a dominating car to, you know, a car that was kind of struggling just to make top half. And yeah. I, think, I think some of it might be, you know, I've always noticed that the the track prep usually kind of changes just a little bit. You know, they, they do, you know, spray just a little bit more, I think, during the yeah. countdown. I don't know if they, they actually do, but it just kind of seems like maybe it's just because the temperatures cool down a little bit towards the end of the season and the track just gets that much better. But yeah. what's been going on this off season for you? I know you're hard at work in the shop and uh, you got this uh, really cool pro race coming up here. Um, What's been going on this off season? Uh, Oh, we've had, uh, it hasn't felt like much of an off season. Uh, (laughs) 
you know, it's, you know, it's basically as soon as I got back from Pomona at the end of the season, I just drove straight up to Ohio and picked up our, our first new uh, trailer from Pegasus. And nice. we've been working on that thing pretty hard. And uh, we were trying to get everything how we like it and get all the little knickknacks and stuff mounted and set the way we wanted and loaded and organized. And so it's been a little bit of a process there. This is the first time I've ever uh, you know, been with a team that got a new trailer. So it's kind yeah. of a learning experience for me. And there's lots of little stuff that we, that I took for granted that they already had done. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it, uh, no, it's uh, pretty much between that. And then we've gone down to Florida a bunch to uh, try to get some new drivers licensed. We've got uh, Sienna Wild Gust and uh, Brandon Foster. We got licensed. Nice. So we've gone down, uh, I think three or four times down to Florida. So we've, uh, it's been a busy off season. Yeah, I mean that's really cool though. I, I'm really looking forward to Sienna. A um, lot of talk about her, and uh, I can't wait to see what what she puts out there. Um, it's so cool to see an influx as far as the pro stock class goes. It's very healthy, and the competition is just it's insane, absolutely insane. Yeah, those those last few races in the countdown were they were just absolutely they were nuts. It was just so brutal. You know, you look at oh, you know, number one qualifier goes a uh, you know six fifty. It's like oh, okay, well, what's number sixteen? Oh, like a fifty four. You know, <laughs> you, can, you can miss two shifts and go from second to fifteenth. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was wild, and then Jed comes out like he's never left and puts up numbers. It's like insane yeah. stuff. Just insane stuff, but I love how this class is really starting to explode as far as performance and talent. Um, you know, when you look around in this class, uh, it keeps you on your toes, doesn't it, with all the other competition around you. You, you can't really sleep or miss anything. Oh, no, it, it, it doesn't matter if you qual. I mean, even qualifying in the top half of the field, you know, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, you know, I qualified fifth. Let's see. Who do I have this week? Oh, you know, I've got Jaggy this week. OK, so then, oh, next week you qualify sixth. OK, I get Christian Quadra. It's like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you qualify. They're all tough. I mean, there there's yeah. there's not one single round that's going to be easy for you. Now, uh, Drag Race and Mayhem ask. Who does Dallas want first round in Bradenton? Oh, um, you know, at this point, um, I don't really care at all as long as the wind light comes on my lane. Uh, yeah, it uh, it doesn't matter who who you get first round there. Like like I was just saying, there, it's all going to be tough. You know, one of the things about uh, Florida in February, um, especially at a track like Bradenton, is the the weather is just probably going to be phenomenal, and yeah. I think you're gonna. You're going to see some pretty crazy numbers down there. I, I don't think that, uh, you know, low 640s are out of the question. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, how important is it to get on top of things? I know uh, when you talk to the pro stock motorcycle riders, they talk about the first 60 feet being important. And if you, you hit your numbers in the first 60, you're likely going to run a decent number on the back end. Is that pretty much the same thing when you when you're looking at pro stock? Uh, pretty much. I mean, it's gotten so tight and competitive now that, you know, you really, it, it's more than just having a good 60 foot. I mean, you kind of need yeah. it all. You got a 60 foot. Well, you got to get to the 330 half track and then you got to run, you know, still be able to have some 
some gear left to run good down the back, you know, being a little different than the motorcycles, you know, they don't have the high side rev limiters like we do. So we, you know, if we just go stack a bunch more gear to it, all it means is we're going to hit the the high side just sooner before we get to the finish line. So right. it's a little bit, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a finesse trying to find the, you know, tiptoe the right balance of everything. So, I mean, for the most part, absolutely. You know, any bit of momentum that you gain in 60 foot is just going to carry on down track, but it's, you know, you can, you can have bad 60 foot runs and still run pretty decent, you know, as long as you run good to the 330. Yeah. Dave W says, take the Rambler runner off. He says, how quick and fast could you go? Um, I think if you got rid of the rev limiter, you might gain a couple hundreds is probably about all, but you know, it's, it, it's definitely going to make um, shifting and everything a lot easier. You, I think the consistency of go, you know, if you should accidentally shift 50 or hundred RPM higher, or low, it, it's not going to absolutely kill you like it does. You know, right now, if you're 100 RPM high, you basically just run into a brick wall and it tries to turn you forward and it upsets yeah. the car. And it, it just gets all kinds of stuff angry in the car. So just getting rid of the rev limiter, I think you'd, you'd see the consistency kind of tighten up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of people know too much about what you guys do in transition from round to round, but what are some of the important things that you guys do uh, after a round going down the racetrack? Uh, what type of services do you do? And then how much of change to the car do you guys make depending on obviously the conditions? Well, uh, the biggest thing that, that we do is obviously, you know, we, we check over the engine, check the valve train out, make sure there's no broken springs or, or you know, anything going haywire there with lifters or, or rockers, which is, you know, it, it happens. It's not, not uncommon to come back from a run and, you know, find a spring that broke in the shutdown or, a you know, a rocker that was, you know, starting to go bad or something like that. That's a pretty common thing. It, you usually see one or two of those every race. Um, the, uh, as far as, uh, like my job on the car is I pull the clutch out every run. So I'll come back from a run and I'll pull the transmission and the clutch out of the car and we, uh, uh service and kind of freshen everything up and put it all back together. And then, once I get the clutch back in the car, based on weather and track conditions, they'll decide if we're going to change anything in the transmission, which is pretty much 75% of the time you're usually changing something in the transmission. So it's a right. very, very common thing. You know, every now and then, you know, maybe you were a little little soft on, on gearing on the first because it was first round or something, or you were, you know, first or second fire where the track wasn't as good. And now you're going to the next round where the air is a little bit worse and you can kind of just leave it alone. So every now and then you get to leave it. And that those rounds are always a little bit nice because it kind of takes, you know, 25 minute transmission build off your hands. Yeah. But uh, you know, and as far as the back of the car, they might be, you know, moving weight or ride heights or shock adjustments or, you know, maybe a rear gear change. There's, there's lots of stuff that we do in between rounds. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a uh, pretty amazing, like what, especially with a car, what you guys do in between rounds, uh, especially when sometimes those turnarounds are extremely tight because of, you know, TV. Uh, I'm sure that throws a little bit of a monkey wrench and everything. Um, I've always wondered that sometimes, let's say we both have cars and you will set up my car and I set up your car. That's kind of, I would be unnerved to think that somebody might miss something especially <laughs> if we have to race each other um how, i mean how does that work <laughs> uh 
Uh, well, you know, to, I guess you just have to have a lot of trust in in your in your teammate there. Um, one of the things you know we have uh, we you know we have a, a group of crew chiefs that kind of just overlook all of our cars, and you know they you know it, it it never fails. You know they're they're basically they all they care about is trying to get every car to run the best that they can every time. Right. And they, they basically, they try to, you know, like we, like we name our cars, just like simple things like, okay, this car is like, you know, a, and this one's B and this, you know, so it's like, they, they just look at a car off of a very simple standpoint and just try to see, okay, well, car a here needs this and this and this to make it its best run. And it's going to be in this lane. So let's make those changes and they'll move right on to the next car. And, you know, I think that's probably one of the best ways to do it, you know, because, you know, you're you're not trying to you know think about who you're running. You just kind of run your own race, and and we'll we'll settle it on the racetrack. And obviously, you know, some of the cars kind of have their own little personality. So some cars may yeah. like a, a little bit different racetrack, or just be running a little bit better at different times of the year. And and it's a challenge. I I definitely uh, I don't envy the job that they have. They're they they've got a lot of cars, a lot of information coming in, and they have a lot of decisions to make in some of those really short turnaround times. So. You know they, uh, you know they they don't they don't get it perfect every time, and and I don't think anybody could. You know they they do the best they can. I think we've got some of the best crew chiefs in the business on on uh, on our team. Yeah, um, you know it's it's amazing uh, the new crew chiefs that have kind of evolved into the sport. I've always I've I've been saying that when you look around the nhra you're kind of getting the nfl feel where everybody you know there's a young guy that's always that's coming up and there's a lot of young tuners uh involved right now and i think that's really really good for the sport because that means that things are growing because eventually the older guys you know they eventually won't be around so that's super important Uh, you guys have rav torque systems on the car any new sponsors that you guys brought over um, you know, we're, we're still still trying to you know find little things here and there. You know, I have Rad Torque Systems. They've been absolutely just the the best people to be with, and they're super supportive. And uh, their business has been real good. You know, they've yeah. uh, they've been super busy, and uh, probably <laughs> he would argue with me that they've been a little too busy. I don't think he likes. You know, he's got a little bit of a back order. I don't like think he likes that big of a back order. But you know, yeah. it's uh, it's good to have orders keep coming in. You know, I know he's happy about that. Um, you know, we still have uh, summit on board as always, you know, summit does, does a lot for us. Uh, bell, um, has helped me quite a bit. You know, they, they give me, they, I, I, I absolutely love my bell helmet. It's probably, you know, it's the best helmet I've ever worn as far yeah. as a visor goes. Like, I don't think I could get that thing to fog up if I tried, like I could put that thing in a sauna and start breathing on it and it still wouldn't fog. I don't know how they do it. But it's important. It's yeah. I've never was ever since I put that helmet on. I've not once ever been worried about closing my visor at any point and having it fogging up. Um, still, lots of little things. Obviously, my you know my wife SR Driven Media. She takes care of all of my social media and stuff for yeah. me. So that's a uh, that's a big one. You know that that's probably one of my most expensive sponsors right there. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she does an excellent job and probably. Um, Eyeing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> she does an excellent job, and um, she races her own. I, I think it's pretty cool. Like I, I talked about with Kelly, you know, a lot of people don't get to do this with their family. Um, you know how how good is it to have your wife with you and to have that support system uh, when things don't go right and when things do? Oh no, it's great. You know, there's there's very few people out here that 
get to have their wife go to every single race. You know, it's yeah. a lot of those things where it's like, man, you know, I, you know, I got to go home, you know, I've been gone forever. And it's like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm with my wife every night at the track. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's great. I, you know, I absolutely love that. And, you know, having all the family are, are around, it's, uh, it's definitely made uh, driving and traveling and being on the road for, for all this time a lot easier. And she raises top dragster. Uh, I feel like she does a good job. I know she's hard on herself, but I feel like she does a good job. That's one of the classes that if I had an opportunity, that's exactly what I would want to go. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a fun class, and, it, and it's it's gotten pretty crazy on, on how fast some of these guys go. Yeah. Some of these guys, they're, they're trying to, you know, hold a bunch and, and looking over and bracket racing people and trying to take double O stripes at 230 miles an hour. And I can tell you from, from only going, you know, 205 and stuff, it, you're, you're, you're going pretty fast down there to be trying to, you know, ripping the throttle and, and, you know, looking over a bunch at somebody yeah. look behind <laughs> you on somebody running up on you. It's stuff's happening really fast down there. Yeah. I mean, those you have to be uh skilled for sure. Cause I, I that, that's really tough. Um, you gotta have a, you gotta have a really big set of these to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, with coming up with Bradenton, what's the most thing you're looking forward to about this particular race? You know, they're having a chip draw. Um, you know, you're gonna have a bunch of testing and gonna be able to qualify, but that really doesn't matter. Um, you know, what what are you most looking forward to? when it comes down to this race, I'll say outside of the money. Uh, honestly, one of the things right now I'm looking forward to is just getting back into the car, like competitively against somebody, especially because, you know, I've never ran, you know, any sort of a race or anything at Bradenton. So I'm adding a new track to that. And, and I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun down there. You know, they've, I don't know if they've, they've never had any kind of NHRA race like this. I know the top fuel no. cars have never been there before. So, right we were there just uh, like two weeks ago and they, they just got the scoreboards working for that last streetcar race that they had there. Yeah. So it's uh, the, the track. I don't, you think they're going to be shocked at, at how, how much bite this track has off the starting line and everything. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun and, you know, just, just getting back into the car and, and making competitive laps. I, I think it's going to be, you know, I've never, never really been a huge fan of the of the chip draw i think we you know we've had one race the my very first race technically was the uh, uh door car nationals back in orlando three years ago oh yeah i remember that chip draw of course me and greg <laughs> had to run each other second round and he snuck back around me by seventh out and i was like god you know it was like all the people i didn't want to race that was right. that was the one it's my very first race and i got to race the boss you know second round <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. you know, as far as that, but, you know, I've had, I've pretty much raced everybody on tour now. So, you know, it's not, so the chip drop may, may not bother me as much, you know, at least this way you have absolutely no idea who you're going to be going up against until, you know, it's about time to race. So it'll add a little bit of extra layer of excitement to it. So it, yeah. it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah. You guys get a little bit of advantage too. I know they're going to have a little bit of a test session there in Gainesville, but it allows you to get your feet underneath you before you get to the Gator Nationals. Yeah, no, and, and that'll be good. So that'll be another thing. Um, typically, you know, most what people don't know is that most national events, they're they're not allowed to have protesting or really any testing there for yeah. you know basically up to a week before the race. Right. So having this test basically be the week of the race will be, you know, it'd actually be a lot nicer because, you know, we get down there early, we get set up, we get our parking space, we get to 
test for, for a few days, kind of relax, service everything. We get to go do all of the media stuff that we need to do on Thursday. And then we can, you know, get ready to go and hit the season hard and come out, come out of the, the, the gates with a full steam there at, uh, at Gators. So should be, yeah. should be a lot of fun. You know, it, uh, we, we didn't get to do that last year. I think last year we went to, uh, I actually went to Bradenton testing last year, if I remember. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, hopefully this year there's uh, no rain at Gainesville and the weather's really nice. Um, the last couple of years, it ain't been that friendly to us. Um, I did like the real cold weather, but then I figured out that, yeah, that doesn't matter if the track's cold. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always no, wanted to it, know what would happen. And it's like, yep, that, it just that needs to work. be. It just needs to be like mid 60s, high barometer and no no humidity. And yes, that's when you can see your good numbers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to uh, the season to start. And uh, man, let everybody know where they can follow you at and uh, keep up with you during the season. Um, I seem to be most, uh, biggest on Facebook at, uh, at Dallas Glenn 660. Um, same with Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on any of those. Uh, every now and then I do post a couple TikTok videos. I believe it's the same at Dallas Glenn 660. I've got a couple in cars in there that are pretty cool, including, uh, one at Bristol where I was racing Greg's second round again. <laughs> and that's when the, uh, I don't know what it was, but neither one of us had any hold of the track and it was a pretty wild ride. We both had to lift it a thousand foot and, and he snuck back around me because of it. You know, he, he was, uh, he, he didn't pull the parachutes and I did. And, you know, I, it was just kind of a, kind of a instinct move. And, you know, I, I will definitely be glad I brought the car back in one piece after that yes. run. But, you know, I'm always going to go back and think like, you know, God, you know, I wish if I just didn't hit the parachutes, maybe I could have stayed ahead of him by a few thousand, you know? Right. But, you know, it, it, uh, I've got some cool videos on there. So, you know, go check it out. You know, give me a follow on there and uh, you'll definitely, you know, see how everything's going. And, and when we leave for this Bradenton race here coming up soon. Yes. And I'll be watching. Uh, thank Sadie for me again. Uh, this is the first time, but it will not be the last time, Dallas. And uh, I look forward to seeing you and Sadie at Gainesville. Awesome. We'll definitely see you there. And uh, I believe she'll have her car there in Top Dragster, too. All right. I'll be making sure I look out and uh, watch her run. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on here. No problem, brother. That's Dallas Glenn, everybody. Man, I'm telling you, this season is going to be awesome. And uh, the class, every class is filled with competitors. Uh, really looking forward to the top few class. It just keeps getting more and more crowded. Um, you know, Billy Torrance said he's going to come out. He's going to run a full season. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, funny car with the changes uh, for the time being with Austin Proc being able to run uh, for Robert Height. Get well soon, Robert. Um, but it's cool opportunity for um, Austin to be able to race with his his dad and, and his brother. That's going to be real cool to see. Um, you know, my next question when I when I get an opportunity to ask a funny car guy, I want to know why so many people go to Top Fuel and like don't go to funny car. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to go to Funny Car because I just don't have it. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't want any engines in front of me, period. I don't want to hear it. Nope. And if it blows up, no, sir. Can't have that. Ain't ain't my thing. I'd rather have the engine behind me. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, the questions that you brought through, excellent. Yes, Drag Racing Mayhem. Funny Car is harder to drive. Um, you're 100% right on that. 
Uh, and like I said, I don't want no part of an engine being in front of me, period. So uh, you call me a wuss if you want, but I'll take the top fuel dragster all day. Would I race pro stock motorcycle? You know, there was a small time that I thought about like doing one of the smaller classes. Um, I'm I'm 43, my man. I can't afford to fall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't afford to fall, but yeah, I would do it. I would do it. Yeah, top few Harley. Yeah, those guys are nuts. They can have that too. Yep, I'll leave that to them. <laughs> Don't want no part of it. Yep. Yeah, because I, I ain't doing that. Nope, not doing it. But let's, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, we're going to get right to our NFL coverage as we close this show. And I tell you what, um, the AFC and NFC championship games were fantastic. Uh, I know I made my uh, predictions and uh, yeah, they both went sour, but I, I, like I said, I thought the 49ers might win. I thought destiny was for the lions um, and we'll start there. So uh, before I talk, before I talk to you, um, we're going to talk about this thing. And uh, you know, so are you guys ready for story time with Dujanae Bland, baby? All right. Well, let me talk to you. Yeah. The Detroit Lions come out and they get on a 24 point nothing. I mean, you're thinking, here we are. They're going to do it. Um, and I thought Kyle Shanahan was going Kyle Shanahan for a second until halftime came. And I don't know about you guys. When you saw the game, you just kind of felt in the second half that the wheels were coming off for the Detroit Lions. And they were they were cut. They were bleeding. And they couldn't stop the bleeding. Uh, and they bled out, unfortunately. Uh, very, very unfortunate for them. Um, I'm going to tell you, it, it it's mind-boggling to me. I'm not going to blame Dan Campbell. A lot of people have been. Look, the guy's been the same guy all season long. Um, all season long. And we'll get to that, Briar. Yeah. I mean, what a what a job uh, by Spags and uh, – um, Andy Reid, um, but they, they've been that way all season. He's, he, he went for it and um, you know, Hey, if you look back at it, if Reynolds catches the ball and, and doesn't have hands that were just dipped in Crisco, uh, they likely might've been able to turn that thing around, but it wasn't to be, I will say this though. Uh, the first time he went for it, I was okay. I would have took the three the next time. Because uh, that really made the difference in the ball game. Uh, if they had that extra three, they'd have been tied up. Maybe go to overtime. Uh, but I just think uh, the 49ers were on a roll at that point, And it was just too much to stop. I'm okay with the 49ers being America's team. Uh, and they are. They should be. Uh, I, Dallas is not. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm a big Kyle Shanahan guy. Um, yeah, they definitely did this week, though. Uh, to come back from that deficit, uh, especially Kyle Shanahan, we know him as the 28 to three guy. If you're not familiar, that's uh, when he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. They're up 28 to three against the Patriots, and then they poop their pants. Tom Brady wins. Sad. Uh, 
Yeah, Lamar. Okay, here we go. I'm going to get right into this right now. This is very good. The pass into triple coverage was bad. Shouldn't have done that. Had no business doing that. But but my 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 fault lies mostly with Todd Monken, and here's why: You're a running football team, and I will admit Lamar deserves some of the blame because he just for some reason didn't just refused to run the ball. I mean, there's plenty of times where the A gap or the C gap was open and he could have just gotten 10 yards and he just decided to hang out in the pocket under pressure and throw it up to nobody. But Todd Monken comes out and I guess he thought he was going to outsmart the great Andy Reed and be pass happy. Did you not watch the game tape from Buffalo? Buffalo basically did a Stone Cold Steve Austin, stumped a mud hole in him and walked it dry in the running game. They couldn't finish. But we know the Chiefs have had a problem stopping the run all season long. And that's your identity. But it's real easy for Spags and company to come out and be able to do what they did because Guess what the numbers were, people? 37 passes to 16 running plays all game long. And you split up six for one back, which would be Edwards, six for another back, that would be Hill. The others were by Lamar, and I believe there was one run by Cook that got nowhere. 16 runs and a 60-minute ball game against some of the greatest coaches this game has is absolute suicide. And see, the Chiefs play the same type of defense Houston plays. Spags has those guys playing forward. They are looking at the quarterback, backs to the end zone. They see everything. That's how he wants to lay it out. Now, they had an opportunity to run right at them. That's how you negate defensive ends coming up the field to have a meeting at the quarterback. You run at them. You can't run at this team side to side. They're too quick laterally. That's how they beat. That's how Dallas got beat. You run at them. But he wanted to throw the ball all over the yard. I don't know what he was trying to prove, but what he was trying to prove was that he was stupid and didn't watch game tape from Buffalo which sends you home. Now, Lamar, on the other hand, hard-headed. I don't know if you're trying to prove that you're a pocket passer. I don't know what you're trying to do. But there was nothing that he needed to do but to do what he was doing all season long. And that's breaking the pocket, making them pay when they give you the opportunity. And then once they feel like they have to respect you as a runner, Now the back half opens up. Now OBJ can get balls. Now Zay Flowers can get uncontested balls. Now Aguilar can get uncontested balls. But they just pissed down their leg. Chiefs deserving of the win. They dominated in the first half. Uh, 
Mike McDonald's defense shut them down in the second half, and the offense still was unable to get enough points to win that ball game. What a disrespect to your offense or defense for what they've done. Yeah, I, I just I don't get it. Uh, looking ahead, though, so we have the uh, Chiefs who once again made it back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't want to hear any more talk about Pat Mahomes being baby goat. Just look at the numbers comparison. He's one of the greatest and will be one of the greatest of all time. And you got the 49ers. I can't trust Kyle Shanahan until Kyle Shanahan proves that he can win the big game and not be hard-headed and do what he wants to do, but do what his team does best. And we haven't seen that enough from him. So my thought is that I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win this game. I want the 49ers to win. That would be my pick. But I don't trust Kyle Shanahan at all. He's going to have to prove it to me by winning and taking this ball game from the Kansas City Chiefs. They've been here and done that. Kelsey had a nasty attitude, and he got under their skin in Baltimore. That's why you had all the penalties. Will they be able to do the same thing to San Francisco is the question. I think you're going to have a good slugfest. Both of these teams are physical defensively. Offensively, 49ers like to run the football. But we all know Kyle Shanahan has to overthink things because of his ego and thinks that he can do what he wants and throw it all over the yard. We'll see if he sticks to what this team does well. But I'm going to go with the trusted. The trusted is Andy Reid, Spagnolo, and Pat Mahomes. That's tough to bet against in a Super Bowl that they are now going to try to be a repeater in. Can't go against the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champs right now. It's going to be a good Super Bowl, though. You definitely want to tune in. I think the X's and O's are going to be something fun to watch. And I'm going to tell you, you don't want to miss it. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching this show. Again, if you would, go over to our YouTube page. It is at The Not Bland Show. Subscribe. And hit the bell. That way, you ladies and gentlemen know exactly when we're going to go live. Again, this has been The Not Bland Show. I'm Dujanae Bland. We're out of here.